You're listening to the Word of Life AG podcast. We're so glad you're getting caught up on the message. This week, we have a special live panel to conclude our series on mission, vision, and culture. Let's check it out. Uh, Good morning. Good morning, Word of Life. So glad we're able to come and hang out together. We are going to have the panel up here in just a moment. And uh, from being able to get together and hear from them, I'm sure that we're going to get into some good stuff that's definitely going to be helpful. So uh, as you heard on the video, we are a part of week three of the Mission, Vision, and Culture series that we started. This is something that Meg and I started doing uh, last year. And so really, we kind of found that as summer is ending and kids are getting back to school and all that kind of stuff is that even though the year technically starts in January, there is this reset that happens in September. So we figured this is the perfect time to come and present. This is the vision of the church. This is what we believe the next 12 months or so are going to look like for us. And uh, last year, so this time 12 months ago, we sort of brought to the church and said we really believe that what we needed to focus on and what really needed to drive a lot of our conversation, a lot of our decision making was two words in our mission statement, faithful and effective. And those are what we focused on the last 12 months. And we kind of wanted to do something similar again this year. And so we thought about it. Meg and I, we got together. We talked a lot. We prayed a lot. And we kind of landed on what we really believe that our church needs to grab a hold of. And what we really need to internalize and make our own is this idea of beyond Sunday. That our faith is not just 90 minutes on a Sunday morning in this room, but our faith is driving every single area of our lives. There is not a single area of a believer's life that is not deeply impacted by our faith and our relationship with God. And so that's really what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. If one person claps, we all have to. So that's really been driving uh, the last couple of weeks as we've got together and the messages that we've shared um, between Megan and myself. And so we wanted to uh, kind of take this time today and have a panel and hear from a number of people. But before we sort of get the panel out here, I wanted to refresh us with a verse that Megan shared last week. Matthew 28, 18. This is a very well-known verse. This is what Jesus left his disciples with before he ascended back to heaven. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, this passage of Scripture, it's well known. If you've been a part of the church for a long time, you'll know it very well. But this passage of Scripture is very easy in the English to look at this as a command and to put our focus on the word go. And for there to be this idea of being a Christian is about going. The command from Jesus is that you're idle, you're sitting around, you're doing nothing, it's time to get up and go. But I often talk about my dad, and I often talk about the fact that he is an expert in New Testament Greek. I am not, but he is always one email away. And my dad has told me on numerous occasions that the word go here is really not this idea of, that is not the command that Jesus is sharing. It's not this impetus to get up and go, but rather it's better translated, this idea of you are already going Your life is about activity. You are busy. You have responsibilities. There's stuff that you're doing. When you wake up tomorrow morning, there are places that you are already going to. You will get up and go to work tomorrow or school tomorrow or you will have responsibilities tomorrow. There'll be things that occupy your attention on Thursday afternoon. You are a going people. Your life is causing you to go and be active and be busy and do things and be involved in the community. And as you are doing those things, make disciples. The the command is make disciples wherever life is taking you, whatever responsibilities that you have. 
Whatever it is, whatever has caused you to be active and be busy, is go. you are already going, and as you are doing the going, make disciples. Baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the command from Jesus. It's not that you're not doing anything, go do something, but rather it's you're already doing something. Do it with a mission. Do it with a purpose. Do it with a sense of calling. Do it with a sense of destiny. Do it with a sense of eternity. And so that's something that I want us to have in our minds as we welcome the panel. So let's welcome everybody as they're going to come down. Let's have a massive welcome. Great to see you guys. I also think it's worth pointing out that me and Bryce are going to go chop wood this afternoon. (laughs) But thanks so much for participating in this, everybody. I'm uh, really looking forward to you sharing a bunch of good stuff with the church. Yeah, and let's go ahead and welcome our panel and introduce them. So we have Annie over here, and most of you probably have had an opportunity at some point in time to meet Annie, but Annie works at the church. She is a receptionist, but she is also has her own ministry, 991, um, which I think most of us know what 991 is, but it's an incredible ministry where um, Annie and her team go into strip clubs and just share the love of Jesus with um, strippers, and it's incredible. Yeah. And Annie ha- um, is married to Rob. Rob's in the back at the sound booth. Oh, <laughs> turn around and give Rob attention, yeah, his favorite. <laughs> and they have three amazing children. They have Amber, and they have Amanda, and they have Matt. And they have also th- um, they have three grandchildren too, which is incredible. And then sitting next to Annie is Eric, and Eric um, is married to Nicole, which I'm sure she is somewhere out here. And yep, there she is over here on the right, and with their three children, which is incredible. So we're grateful to have Eric here. Eric serves on our production team, and then we have over here Allison. And and we have Bryce, and they are married, and they also serve on our production team. And they have three incredible children as well. They have a newborn baby, which is really exciting. And um, he's very cute and very smiley. (laughs) And so this is our panel. So if you want to go ahead and just welcome them one more time. I know they have incredible things to share with you this morning and that you're truly going to be blessed. Absolutely. So hopefully we got some good conversation uh, prompters to sort of put to you guys. So I'll start off with you, Annie, and I'll ask, what's the difference between true gospel transformation and someone just behaving themselves? Okay, well, first of all, hey, everybody. And, uh, ooh, represent 991. Thanks, friend. Uh, so th- it, this is an interesting question, especially because it kind of hops on my area of brokenness. I, you know, when I came to the Lord, everything that I thought was corny, <laughs> I found out was actually true and good, and everything I was doing was, like, so far from God. And so I began to kind of clean myself up before the Lord. But um, what happened is, you know, I'm, I'm a bit driven, and so in, in what I do, I want to do things wholeheartedly. So it became about my behavior. You know, I really admire demure women. Um, 
I'm just kind of wired a little differently than that. And so I tried to tone down my personality. I wore pearls and cardigans and thought, you know, I was going to get closer to God or something. And, and when I would screw up, I felt like I was out of his good graces. And all of a sudden, it became about my behavior and not about what Jesus had done for me. And I was exhausted. I actually had people ask me if I was sick. And I finally thought, something is not working. And I realized that it, was, it had become about me being, a clean, being cleaned up. And, and that way, I felt like I was loved more by God, where the truth is, he loves me because he loves me because he loves me because he loves me, not about my behavior. So yeah, I am prone to wander, and I can be a bit naughty, um, but it's about spending time with him, and as I spend time with him, I am transformed. I'm transformed, you know, the corner of my couch in the morning when I'm in his word, uh, when I come to church and I hear his word, I'm transformed by him, and that makes my behavior look a little different. So it's not about me creating a cleaned up version that gets me closer to God, it's about him loving me right where I'm at and growing closer to him and being changed by his word that's great and Bryce I'm going to go ahead and put that same question to you thank you so much Annie uh, what's the difference between true gospel transformation and someone merely behaving themselves well to me it's it, true change just like anything else is is a total transformation it's taking your old self and you know becoming something completely new how that happens is you know it, it's different for each of us, but it, it does happen, and it happens in these walls or outside these walls. But, uh, you know, it, I'm a car guy, so for me, the analogy is like, you've got this busted car, it's got a busted transmission, you know, the engine's smoking, but you're gonna go to Mako and you're gonna get a new paint job, you're gonna slap some new rims on it, it looks good, doesn't function well. It's fake, it's a facade. And to just expand on what you're doing, what you said is, if, it, if it's what you're doing to keep up good behavior, you're gonna fail. It's, um, it's less of you and more of God is what all of this is about. It's, so, and until that hits, and until you totally give everything to God, you're going to keep failing. The car is still going to be smoking. The transmission's going to go in a couple thousand miles. Looks good. Gets you some Facebook likes. Gets you a shiny star, you know, on your report card. It makes you look good in front of people, but you're still broken. Great. Thank you. And just to ask a further question for that, Bryce, is how has this impacted you personally? I can remember when this hit, when it hit me. Um, I, I'm a multiple combat vet. I came back from my last tour of duty injured and completely not in a good place. So I came, I sat in these pews, and I was faithful but I wasn't effective at all. And it, it hit me when I finally jumped out of my comfort zone, went to Dave and Mary's Air, this isn't a plug for them, but I went to Dave and Mary's Air's life group. And uh, my transformation happened from then on. God told me what I was supposed to do and it wasn't coming and sitting in this pew. 
It was what happens next. It was what happens as soon as I leave this church. I was called, I was being selfish. Sitting in this pew, I was just being selfish. I was keeping everything that God has given me, I was keeping it all to myself. But when the transformation happened, I took it outside and I continue to do it today. Thank you, that's really good. Sharing. And this question is for you, Allison. Tell us about the difference it made for you to simply come and go or attend compared to being deeply connected in the community. So um, kind of like to what Bryce was just saying, we kind of had a similar journey parallel. Um, we both have been coming here for probably like eight years um, and probably not we met in that life group that he was talking about. Um, but we uh, probably for the probably last two or three years, we've really kind of connected and tied in here. Um, and it really has had just such a change on our, on our lives. Um, right now we're kind of going through some stuff. Bryce isn't from here and my family is here, but everybody's kind of taken off and flying south. And, um, you know, kind of it's, it's made being connected here and having this community and this family has made that so much easier to to handle. And um, it's it's kind of weird actually. Like I'm kind of I'm sad that my parents are moving south, but I'm almost like there's almost like this excitement that I'm going to have a little more time to like pour into these people and to you know spend time with these people and do what what we um, you know. This is this is kind of our next our next journey together, and I think we both feel that. And I think that um, it's just been so helpful in and not just in that life change, but in so many different life changes to just have people and to know that you know these these are my people, and it doesn't matter. They're always on my side, and and some of our best friends are in this church, and it just um, it's just made life so much more full and so much easier on the hard days. Yeah, that's really good. All right, and how about you, Eric? The same question. Well, this is, a, this is an interesting question for me because there's never been a point in my life where I haven't been involved. I've never been just an attendee, right? I've always gone to church, uh, grew up in the church. My family was involved in the church. I think I've held every position in the church, except for pastor, uh, from being in the sound booth to worship leader to uh, usher to elder to Sunday school teacher. I think we've done it all. And my wife is the same way. Um, and so we, we never really had the mindset of, let's just attend. Let's just go and, and be there. <clears throat> uh, until about a year and a half ago, um, my wife and I had uh, done so much in the church that we were feeling tired. Now, I want you to understand something. Nothing that we did felt like an obligation. It always felt like we were definitely involved in ministry. Uh, we were doing great things, but we were tired, <laughs> very tired. And so that's when we left that church to start attending here for a while. And so we came here um, at the beginning of 2021, and uh, we, we attended here for about six months. And um, about six months after coming here, we said, okay, we've rested, we've healed our worship. That's, those were the words that I used. We needed to heal our worship. We said, let's get involved again. And we were starting to get really excited. 
And then in a matter of three weeks, my wife and I were both diagnosed with cancer. In three weeks. And everything turned upside down for me. Emotionally, I was kind of a wreck. You can ask my wife. She doesn't let me get emotional uh, about it, but uh, it was very difficult. And I remember <clears throat> um, I called one of my best friends who uh, is now a pastor out in Indiana, and we were talking through all of it. And he, he asked me a question, and he said, Eric, are you mad at God? I thought for a minute, and I said, you know what? No, I'm not mad at God. As a matter of fact, God is the only thing that makes sense right now. God is the only thing that makes sense. The world will want to tell you about karma and that good things shouldn't happen to bad people and bad things shouldn't happen to good people. So if that's the case, why would any of this happen? And the only thing that, could, that went through my mind and stuck in my heart was without an eternal God, a God that has a purpose, way before I came on this earth and way before I'll leave, none of it makes any sense. None of it. And so now I had a whole new thought process going on, which was I should be involved, but my purpose fits into God's purpose much better. It's not just being a Sunday school teacher. It's not just being uh, a worship leader. It is now, what does God want me to be every single day? Who has he put in my path? Who has he put in my path that he wants me to invest in today? And that was, uh, that's the difference between attending and being involved missionally with what God's purpose is in the community. And just a, for another question for that, too, for you is, so um, with that, like, that understanding, right, is that we're bringing that into the week, then how would that impact, like, your weekend and how you talked about obligation, right, that it's yeah. never been an obligation for you yeah. to serve. With that missional mindset throughout the week, how does that impact your weekend? <laughs> well, um, like so many people here, the weekend for me is... It's a plateau, right? It's, it's, it's a place for me to level up, if you will, from a, to use a, uh, a gaming term, right? This is where I level up and get ready to go out for the next week. Because again, if my purpose is bigger, right? If my purpose is bigger than, than me, yeah. then I am ingesting things here that I am able to give to other people throughout the week. That is, yeah. that is where I, I live now. Um, as my wife has reminded me, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Nothing but Jesus matters. And <laughs> sometimes, uh, again, being involved in the church, taking on those roles within the church for Sunday morning, right? Yeah. Being a part of the production team. A lot of us yeah. here do something on Sunday morning. is not a bad thing. But it's not an obligation for the people that are sitting up here. And I can tell you, for the people in this church, it's not an obligation. We don't wake up on Sunday morning going, oh, we've got to go to church early because we've got to be there for the, you know. And we don't do that. We do it because this is how we live. This is our heart. This is, the, this is what God has put in us. And it's, until you walk in that space and say, God, I want you to use me in that way, 
It may feel like an obligation, but I can tell you that I never, ever feel that way. This yes. is what God has. This is, this is not only his purpose for me, but this is me in his purpose. That's really good. Thank you. Thanks very much. So this question is going to be for Bryce. Has there ever been a time when a Sunday has transformed your day-to-day? -day? Yeah, absolutely. Every Sunday. <laughs> Every Sunday, you know, it's stuff happens around the house. You know, your kids are crazy. Uh, she and I could have gotten a fight the night before or whatever, but you come here and it, this is, you feel that this place, the sermon, this is what you need. This is where you're fed. This is where this, every Sunday is mind altering. You can come in here broken and leave here with the tools that you need to go out into the world, like I said earlier. So without this, it, I, I always think that Sunday is, this is my pep rally. This is where, this is where it's, like you said, this is where it starts. And uh, so, I mean, the message, like I said, it, it feeds me and it makes me be the best person that I can be going forward in the week. That's really so. good. Thank you. And then with that, like, can you think of a specific time when it really did, like a message really impacted your week? Like maybe you were in the middle of your week and you were like, oh, I remember back to that Sunday and this is, this is what God spoke to me in that message or this is what I took away from it and it kind of fueled your week. I, I can't give a specific time, but every Sunday during the sermon, there's some sort of point that, you know, it gives me something to chew on. I'm a truck driver, so I've got plenty of time. I've got all the time in the world. I sit there and it, my mind goes crazy <laughs> all week long. So going back to what I said earlier about being fed, God's going to stick out in my mind something that is going to cause me to like look it up, learn more about it. And just that simple act makes me a better person. It gets me involved with Jesus all week long due to something that you've said that piqued my interest. So every, I'm here every Sunday because I need this. This is what this is what makes me better all week long. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And we're going to ask that same question to Annie. Okay. Uh, you know, I think thinking about that question, there's a lot of messages that pop through my mind, you know, Pastor Claude and Pastor Randy. But I think as of late, there's been something that Pastor Tom says regularly, and he says, yeah, something like, if everybody was doing what I was doing, would things get better or would they get worse? And um, he says it enough, and it hits me every time. In fact, you can probably stop saying it now, Pastor Tom. I um, no, honestly, like the conviction comes, and holy, you know, that's the Holy Spirit moves here, and and that's been something that recently has kind of hit me, um, and it causes me to like, is whether it's in my thought life, if everyone's thinking like 
I'm thinking, are things gonna be better or worse? If everyone is doing what I'm doing in my alone time, are things gonna be better or worse? What about my devotion time? Are things gonna be better or worse? And so I've taken that nugget with me, so I do thank you for that. Um, but I think also about, you know, what do I, what happens here, what transpires about just attending um, or, you know, getting plugged in that takes me through the week is really serving, and I'm not, this isn't a plug for service, it's honestly an answer, honest answer to this question. I, a lot of times I'm behind the scenes in church online, so I don't get to be in this space a lot, um, but it's the people that are back there, and I think, you know, that's how I got, I've had conversations with Eric, and I've certainly grown really close with the towels with Bryce and Allison, and, you know, we do life together outside of this because of that, whether Allison and I are texting about our lashes or about, you know, some tougher stuff, um, or being able to be there for each other because we live in the same neighborhood. I'm very thankful for that, and I, I would not have got to know these guys if it wasn't for being plugged into church online and that ministry. So, you know, even Robin Hills is back there today, and uh, we've been praying about a situation in her family, and, you know, just seeing her, my heart just leapt because I was anxious to hear what had happened, and, like, I know Robin because of serving here, and I'm thankful for the relationships that hold me accountable to what I learn here uh, because I serve here, I'm in relationship, and it takes me beyond what happens on Sunday into my everyday. So I would say, yeah, there have been some really great sermons, but there are some really great people to get to know through serving here at Word of Life. <laughs> you got some fans. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so just like a follow-up question from that too is, you know, we talked a little bit uh, through the message series about uh, checking boxes, almost like coming in and it is Sunday becoming a part of your routine and just to check a box. So what is the, what do you think is the difference between coming in and checking a box and taking your Sunday with you into the week? Well, I think it's an expectation, an anticipation and an expectation that God is going to move. You know, like, Rob and I pray on the way here together about whatever's going to transpire on the stage, about the way people are going to interact, about people that come through the lobby doors that have never been here before, that they might feel the love of God. So I think it's in being intentional to not... And again, I can be performance driven, so I have to be careful not to be checking off a box, but to hold myself accountable in prayer, like being expectant that God's going to move and then being expectant that God's going to move beyond Sunday in my life, that he's going to move on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So it's that same as Rob and I pray on our way here. It's the same thing in my, in my weekdays. It's like, Lord, you know, and I have to intentionally be in the word in the morning and it's not like I always feel like it, but I know that when I align myself with him, I'm a little more like him and a little less of me. And thankfully, he uses this uh, for his glory. But if I'm not anticipating and in expectation and, uh, and placing myself in a position to uh, hear from him, then I'm, I'm going to miss it. So it's uh, in order for me to not just check a box, it's, it's to present myself in a way that says, Lord, use me outside of this box. That's really good. Thank you. That's great. Thanks, Annie. So, Eric, I'd like to put this one to you. Uh, what does it look like in your Monday through Saturday to embrace God's mission as your own? <laughs> I, I want to tell a story. Um, a couple years ago, probably about the same time we started attending here, a year and a half ago, I walked into my office. Uh, I don't remember what day it was. might have been a Monday or Tuesday. And in my head, I started to sing a song, right? I don't try not to sing out loud in the office. That wouldn't go well. 
But I started singing a song, and many of you have probably sung that song. And it said, I'd sung it a thousand times somewhere. Where, you know, and the song is, you are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of all praise. To you, our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. I have sung that, I don't know how many hundreds of times around a campfire, at youth group, in a church, at a conference, whatever. But on this morning, something struck me that this song was going through my head in my office. And I literally asked God, you, you want to be awesome in this place? My office? What does that mean? How, how, can, how can you be awesome here in this place? And suddenly my eyes started to open. It's not just this place, Eric. It's not just your office. It's your home. It's the school. It's all the places you go. I want to be awesome. And I started to think about that. And of course, with everything that's transpired over the last year, and recognizing that God wants to be awesome with me involved, right? And that blew me away, that God wanted me to be involved in his awesomeness. And I didn't really know how that looked at the time. But this is, this is where I've come from now in, in the last year, in that if I understand that my life starts here and ends here, but God's purpose started there and goes there, then there's way more to this than what I can see. And his purpose for me is to fulfill my time in doing all the things he wants me to do, right? And the cancer diagnosis for my wife and I made me ask a question, what, what does God want me to do? What is the greatest thing? If I believe that he has a purpose, what is the greatest thing that can happen because of me? And up until last year, that started with my birth and ended with my death. And suddenly I started thinking to myself, what if the greatest thing that God can accomplish through me doesn't happen in my lifetime? What if the greatest thing that can happen is that my son sits with his college roommate 10 years from now and says, I lost my mom and dad to cancer. And that just inspires somebody to think about Jesus. Years beyond my life, decades, centuries beyond my life. You know, God didn't call me to be Billy Graham. I'm not going to preach to millions of people around the world. He didn't call me to do what Dallas Jenkins did and create The Chosen, a television show that's being watched by hundreds of millions of people around the world. He didn't call me to do what Annie Bowler does. He called me to do what Eric Quinn should do. Mm -hmm. Right? My Monday through Friday, my Monday through Saturday is Eric Quinn being the Eric Quinn that God wants him to be to the people he put in my path. That's it. When he asks me to do something, when he tells me to love somebody, that's what he's asking me to do. He's not asking me to do any more, 
right? And I, I think of what Chip Ingram said, that God will do uh, the greatest thing for the most people for the longest period of time. And in light of eternity, that's what I want God to be able to accomplish through me. The greatest thing for the most people for the longest period of time. And so I listen to him and I seek him out. The people that he puts in my path, there's only a few of them here this morning. The vast majority of them aren't here. So I have to live in a way that shows them God's love without them showing up in church on Sunday morning. I have to live that life that God wants outside of this place because if I don't, God's awesomeness will not be shown through me. He will find someone else to show his awesomeness, but I want to be a part of that. That's great, Eric. Thank you. And I think you just encapsulated accurately the whole idea and the whole heart behind Beyond Sunday infinitely better than I could ever say it. So I'm very grateful. Thank you. But Allison, I'd really like to put that same question to you is, you know, what does it look like for your Monday through Saturday to embrace God's mission as your own? No pressure. Thanks, Eric. Uh, <laughs> no, um, for me, I think that it really, um, you know, a lot of what Eric said, but um, I take it, you know, just kind of at a different, in a different way in that, um, it's, it's my job to, I guess, more tact or practically, I kind of, it helps me to really slow down and to have more grace with people and to really think about um, and love people where they are and have a better understanding. Um, because at the end of the day, I never want to be the Christian that that judges and that, that people are like, oh, I don't want to be like that. Um, I want I want to be the one that they're like, oh, I want to be like her. Oh, that's, really? Like, wow, that, you know, she's happy and she's, you know, thoughtful and whatever. Um, and I want to I wanna draw people in that way. Um, and I think it also just kind of helps me on a personal level just to kind of slow down and go, I'm not in control of that, you know? It's not, it's not my thing. Um, you know, we're building a house right now and it has been the most awful process ever. It should be a huge blessing, but it's been, you know, it has been in some ways, but it's not gone how we expected it to go. And it's, you know, it's a lot of people could be really angry and we could be doing a lot of other things, but, you know, it, I can look back and go, no, this, this is, this is the plan. This is how it's supposed to be. And there's blessings in the, in the process that I didn't expect there to be. Um, and it's just, so it's that it helps me to live my life in a way where I, it takes so much pressure off of me because I know that it's not, it's not all me. It's not about me. It's not my plan. It's not what I thought. It's what, it's what he wanted. And, um, I hope that, um, I'm, that that comes out of me and that I can share that with my kids and with my husband and with my coworkers and everybody that I meet along, along the way Monday through Saturday. That's great. Thank you, Allison. Really good. Well, we still have a couple of minutes, so I don't know if anybody in the panel has anything they would really love to just say to everyone that's in the room, anybody that's um, watching online that you didn't get a chance to say or something maybe that wasn't covered in the questions. 
you know, as I've thought through um, God's purpose, I, I, I said, you know, God has a purpose for me, but he also has me in his purpose. Um, and I believe that, you know, as I look at God's greater purpose and understand that he wants me to be a part of it, that blows me away. It absolutely floors me that the God of the universe, the perfect God, has a plan, and it actually includes me. I was, uh, I was talking to Luke this morning. It's good to have Luke back, right? And um, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I, I said to him, you know, I said that one of the things that God is teaching me, and it goes to the Sunday morning, you know, what happens outside of Sunday. I said, it's the difference between listening to the radio and being a rock star. You can show up and listen to worship. That's a good thing. You can really invigorate yourself listening to the radio. You can get in your car and drive around with the radio full blast and sing at the top of your lungs, and that's really good as well. It's therapeutic. And you can come here and you can sing at the top of your lungs, and that's great. And God can meet you here. But God has a stage for you. You're going to be the rock star in your story. God wants you to be the rock star in your story. So I don't want to be on stage. I'm not talking about being on stage. God has given you a story, a story to tell. My story includes cancer at this point, but my story includes three children. My story includes a lot of different things. And when God asks me to do what I am supposed to be doing and not do it, he doesn't ask me to do what Annie's supposed to be doing, all he's asking me to do is to tell my story. Live your story the way that I've set it up for you. And that story will reach the people that I want to reach. That's God's purpose, right? Pastor Tom always, he, he has a saying, and for a while it was on a banner out the front of the church. If we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, the only logical response is to follow with everything we have. I think I got it right. <laughs> The only logical response is to follow with everything we have. I didn't used to follow with everything I had. I gave a lot. But suddenly, my life was turned upside down. I don't want your life to be turned upside down before you realize the joy and the unbelievable peace that comes with giving everything you have and following with everything you have. It's unbelievable what God wants to do for you. And it may look really weird, and from the outside, it definitely does. No one would say that, hey, you and your wife got cancer. That's, that's a great thing. You know who's saying that? Me and God. And that's all that matters. Because that's my story. That's what he's given me. That's really good. If we have just another minute, I just, um, I think about it this way, because very similar to what you're saying, Eric, is that we all have one life to live. We have one life to live, just one life. And, you know, before coming to Christ, it was like all the things that had transpired in my life, maybe the things that had happened to me, they built passion and compassion within me 
for the others that he, God knew that he was going to bring into my life. And so all of a sudden, to get bent out of shape for the things that had transpired that I was able to operate in forgiveness or um, op, you know, have compassion for people that I might not necessarily have compassion for otherwise, it all began to make sense. And the things that I learned on Sunday and the things that I took into my week began to make sense for me. And I think it's great because we don't have to compare. I don't have to look at, and it's a really good thing you don't want to do what I do because the strip clubs would be a really weird place for you. But um, I just think it's great that we don't have to compare. You know, like, God has given me a job to do in my life. And he's given Allison a job to do in her life. And Pastor Megan, and, and, and each and every one of us have one life to live. It doesn't need to be lived in comparison. It doesn't need to be lived bent out of shape. But to surrender to what God, the plan that God has for us in our one and only life. Realizing that there is purpose, that there is a plan, and that we can trust him with it. It's just freeing. It's just freeing so that when the, the house isn't built on time, um, you know, or whatever, or the, the, the diagnosis comes, we can know that he's in charge and he will use our one and only life to take it beyond Sunday, not just for us, but for others as well. Anybody else? All right. Well, first of all, I hope you guys really found that inspiring um, to listen to some real stories today. And um, I hope that you leave here today and you're excited about um, this week and about the coming weeks. And I hope, I just hope you guys, yeah, you feel really inspired. So can we go ahead and just thank the panel? Thank you guys so much. Incredible. Thank you. So I love that, that we all have a story. What Eric was talking about is he was talking about that we each have our own individual story. And I love that he, how he said that we're the rock star of our own story. And it's so true, right? That we each have our individual call. We each have our individual purpose. And we get to be the rock star of that. And I love that idea that um, how our story, you know, it has different chapters of it, right? Each of our stories has different chapters. I love how he talked about his cancer diagnosis and his wife's cancer diagnosis, but then he talked about his children, right? We each have different parts of our own story. And we've been talking over the last two weekends about this beyond Sunday. We talked about transformation in the first week, and we talked about how we can transform as individuals and how we should be actively looking to transform, right? That we should be growing, looking to grow. And then we talked about in the second week about going out and going out into our week that it just isn't a Sunday, but it's what we do in our day-to-day -day and how we're reaching the people around us. And I love that because Annie also, you know, she said that we have one life to live. We're responsible for that one life that we have to live. And I hope that it encourages you and inspires you that there are people that were sitting up here that were talking about life is real. There are hard parts of life, but when I'm doing things not out of obligation and when I'm going out and I am just being me and living in my purpose there's a sense of fulfillment in that 
And I want to encourage you guys with that, that when you go into your week to week, that you get to just bring you into that, right? And God's purpose on your life. There are people in your sphere of influence that want what you have. They want to hear your story. And they want to be inspired by your story. You know, we talked about, Tom opened up, he talked about, you know, making disciples. We talked about the discipleship process of the, when we go out, we, we go into our go wing. So where are we? We're in our work, we're in our jobs, we're in our workplace, we're at the grocery store. Wherever that may be, that God wants to use you. And so, you know, if you're in here today and you're saying, you know, I don't have that sense of purpose. I don't have that sense of fulfillment. I'm kind of just wandering life aimlessly, watching life happen to me. Never really thought about the fact that I have a story and that I'm the rock star in my story. I just kind of wander aimlessly. Didn't know that I had a purpose and that God has a purpose on my life. Maybe you haven't made that decision yet to make God number one in your life. You haven't asked Jesus to be king in your life. You haven't said, yes, I want to follow you with everything. That is the most important decision that I can make. If you haven't done that, I want to pray with you today. Because you can live a life full of purpose. The purpose in which God created you with. The purpose in which he intended for you. So with everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed, and this is for you online as well. If you are in here and you would say, Megan, I would love for you to pray with me today. I haven't made that decision yet, but I want to. I want to know God. I want to make God number one in my life. I want to know the purpose in which God has planned for me. I want to feel fulfilled. I don't want to feel empty anymore. If that's you today, if you just raise your hand with everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm just looking around the room here. I'm looking to my left. I'm going to make my way to my right. That's your right. Anybody I can? Yes. Yes. Anybody else that I can pray for? center here. I'm looking. Yeah, I see you. Yes, I see you. Yep. And over to my right, I'm looking over here. Anybody I can pray with? All right, I'm making my way back across the room. I don't want to miss anybody. And if you're online, you can go ahead and click that hand, raise my hand button. All right, we're going to go ahead and pray this prayer together. First of all, can we give everyone who raised their hand uh, just a hand? It's the most important decision you can ever make. 
and I think about how God pursues us and he's always pursuing us and he's always been pursuing you and such an incredible moment to be able to say yes God I'm answering that pursuit and now I want to pursue you that's such an incredible um, thing and I want to so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna pray this prayer together if you'll repeat after me everybody praying together Lord Jesus I believe you died for me. I want to follow you. I invite you to be Lord of my life. Help me follow you every day. I want to leave my old life of sin behind and heal my broken relationship with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.